Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another hopelessly cynical episode of The Gold Standard with Alan Mosley. And here's... Alan? Alan Mosley! Are we ready for this already? Sure. I think so. You know, no, but... Did you have a nice trip? Yeah, I did. Well, actually, no, we have an excuse, though, because... There's there's some sort of alien grass machine, yeah. like sixty feet over to my, our our left, yeah. mowing the field. Yeah. So if you hear like what sounds like a chopper spooling up, yeah. they're not actually coming to get us. No, they're not. Well, they, well, they might be. Yeah, maybe they are. But see, look, there's like this quarter acre lot next door to the studio, and literally, it's not very big. Dude's got this machine that can like mow a football field in one pass. He just goes up and back, and the thing's done at once. I wish I had that for my house. Did you vote yesterday? I did. I'm sorry. God. But I had a good reason for it. There was someone I didn't want to win. There was somebody you didn't want to win. Oh, so you were de- you were defensively voting. That's right. I was you were, You're a defensive voting. voter. I am one of those jerks that defensive votes. You're a defensive voter. I'm sorry. Well, the, your, your opponents think you're a jerk. That's for sure. <laughs> well... Okay, so first of all, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of The Gold Standard. If you enjoy what we're doing, you can join us on social media, which is facebook.com slash Mosley. You can follow me on Twitter, which is at Alan M. Mosley, mm-hmm. where, 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 by the way, you can get – I started writing articles. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm really proud of you, man. Good job. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> you're just glad I found something else to do with my time. When I'm not here. <laughs> so so we actually just had an article uh, published on Fee yeah. about uh, don't shame people who don't vote because right. cause I don't. And, okay. and don't. Shame on you. No. No. <laughs> you see, you should read the article. I and, did read the article. I totally agree with and, you. But and I that's all over Twitter, which is at Alan <laughs> yeah. M. Mosley. But really, you don't have to do any of that, that because right. you can just go to our website, which is thegoldstandardpodcast.com, which, by the way, uh, the website's actually getting ready to go under a makeover. Really? Because Rob's back. Oh, cool! So awesome. our so our our liberty our liberty webmaster. Because it's really you're a liberty producer. Yes, I'm a liberty host. Okay, and, and not really. And then <laughs> and so our liberty webmaster Rob is is back. Yeah. Uh, he was he was on a little hiatus. Yeah, and he's back. And I've destroyed the website, so he's okay. going to fix it. Good. So when I when I say when I say a remodel, what it really is is he's going to fix it. He's going to fix it so that it doesn't break anymore. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, you know, I mean, it was functional. Yeah. It's just not good. Well, I mean, it gets twitchy every now and then, kind of like me. I can make okay, it Okay, sure. Myself. Look sure. at this hair, dude. Man. What, what's wrong with it? It's fine. It's like, I like, it's like, it. like I poured a gallon of palmate on myself today. Jeez, I feel like yeah, but you look pancake. Young, but, but you look young, though. Oh, as long as I look young. Yeah. Sure, that's okay. So I, I, was, actually, I was actually texting our friend Mike Meharry, because okay. he is going to join us on the show here in a little bit. Hopefully. We're, gonna, we're actually... We're act, we're moving up in the world. Are we're, we? Our production value is so high now <laughs> that we can actually have someone call in midway through. And, production value, right? <laughs> and and by and by what I mean what I mean when I say we can, I mean we have to because they're not ready right How now. How about that? Check that out. Look at I like that. that. Look Are at we that. not awesome? Here, I can make it more fun. Check this out. Oh, you know what? Oh, oh, God, there it is. You know, Look at that. you know what the thing though is, is that most people actually listen to this on their favorite podcasting platform of choice, including iTunes, Stitcher, That's and right. Google Play. They don't actually watch the video, and so right now they're like, "What are they doing?" Yeah, what are we doing? What are they? Uh, we're what are doing they talking cheesy about? video effects. That's what we're doing, but that's not as exciting when you're listening. So, so. I want I want to get this part of the show out of the way before okay. Mike gets here because Mike that. Mike is so much more of a positive. 
like forward thinking individual really? than I am. Okay, sure, yeah. Than I, I am. I, I I agree with that. I agree. <laughs> I, I know you do. Yeah, you, you can be um, cynical at times. No. Nice. And and so I, I want to get the negative part out of the way before he gets here. <laughs> so okay. the LP stinks. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh, I know I'm, I know I'm alienating the fan base. I don't care. Uh, the Libertarian Party blows. I don't know. Like their candidates never have any chance to win. And but but what's particularly bad is I, is I believe pretty much nationwide the LP did worse this year than they did in 2016. And so the money raised, you know, the hype, the social media campaigns, all that stuff, and they actually took a half a step backwards. And and I, and I really want to pick on Larry Sharp. Oh my god, Larry Sharp. Larry Sharp who is is like the the LP poster child right now mm-hmm. who uh, was running for governor in the state of New York. Of course, everybody knows he's not going to win. Um, it's, it's, it's almost silly that they even run ads saying, like, we're in it to win it. Of course you're okay. not. Um, but it's not even just that. It's the fact that and, and he raised a fair amount of money. But listen to this. So he, I think he ended up getting like 1.6% of the vote. He actually, if the Democrat Cuomo, who obviously is going to win in the state of New York, if 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 both major party candidates were just magically removed from the ballot right this minute, mm-hmm. Larry would have still lost because the Green Party candidate got 0.1% more vote than the <laughs> LP. Like that's <laughs> like let's 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 be let's get a grip here for a second. That's just embarrassing. And that's let me let me show you this real quick. I, I, okay. Let me pull it up real quick before you before you switch uh, over. I said let me pull it up real okay, quick. Okay, okay, okay. Get ahead of myself. I swear, man. Jeez. What? It's it's okay. This is our first yeah, day. Here we go. <laughs> um, so I actually I actually put this together. This was this was a meme that oh, nice. that the Larry Sharp Twitter posted uh, last night when it was already apparent that one percent might be reaching. Like at one at the time of this, they only had like point six percent, and he got up to like one point six percent. But you know, it's it's your typical. Thank you, everybody, for believing we're gonna keep fighting the good fight. And he posts this meme right here, and it says, "When I hear someone say New York will never change, and it's Larry, and he says, hold my beer. No, Larry, New York will never change. You're wrong, and they and they quite frankly showed you." And this just furthers the point. So for the people at home that are like, man, Alan's just really on the warpath today, pissing on other libertarians. It's because, as we've said before, I am not interested in any of this crap. You, The system will not allow you to succeed. Your masters don't care how you vote. Right. If there was any chance that your vote would matter, they wouldn't allow you to do it. I mean that. And so what I want you to do with all this money that you're giving to bozos like Larry Sharp is, is I want you to keep that money, and I want you to be more successful libertarians in your own home, in your own lives. Mm-hmm. I Quit looking for a messiah. It ain't coming. Yeah, doesn't exist. In, at least in oh, sense. Oh, whoa. oh, we have we have a caller. Look at that. I'm we like have dancing, a caller. Man. My jig's back, dude. Hold on, let's, Sweet. Let's let's check All to right. see who it is. Oh, well, who could that be? Let's check to see who it is. Um, will it load? That's the question. <laughs> will it load? I don't yeah, know. will it load? It loaded. Is that is that Mike Meharry? Hey. Are you there? I heard you all are talking about the great Libertarian Party victories yesterday. <laughs> 
That is so good because that makes it sound. Oh god! Oh, here we go. You've been hanging out with Bolden again. That is Mike. That's so awesome because that makes it sound like this show is live. It is. It this, is. this show's live. It is. But it makes it sound like this show is live, and you were listening, and then now you're coming on because you just so happen. To say exactly what we were talking yeah, about. And awesome. I know you know me and how positive I am. That is exactly what we were just discussing. Well, I mean, I was excited about the, the great libertarian victories we had here in Kentucky. We had a guy running for constable who was a libertarian on yeah. the Libertarian Party ticket, and he got 24% of the vote. And you know what? Mm-hmm. There's only other one other dude running against him. Well, Shoot. <laughs> you know that would have that would have been a story of triumph over all odds if it were one of those things where there was like nine people running and so twenty four percent is a landslide victory. So you're just you're you're telling me that it just ain't so. Yeah, mm. I thought that was pretty good. Well, I told I told you before the show that that's that's that you're right. That is pretty good because if there's one thing that we're we're all about as libertarians is that if we can just get enough constables elected, then we can work from the inside to make change. We're really only about three constables away from liberty. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes. And we're twenty four percent of the way to one of, one more of those constables. Right. So so we're getting. I got to find that. I don't I don't know if you you shared that uh, quote that I saw on the Facebook from uh, one of our fine friends LP. Here it is. This sums up the LP party. LP party. That's redundant. This sums it up in one quote. We are happy losers tonight. We played spoiler in a lot of races. Now, in sports ball, we would say that's a lot a lot like kicking a field goal when you're down 64 to nothing to Alabama. <laughs> well, you know what, Mike? That actually reminds me of something I totally forgot to mention on sports ball earlier this week. By the way, you can check out sports ball at yeah. facebook.com slash sports ball conference and on our website, sports ball So anyway, um, one thing I totally forgot to mention on sports ball this past week is I saw a delusional uh, fan who was in a little exchange with our very own Mike Meharry on Facebook. And they said, and I quote, they were talking about Kentucky, Georgia, by the way. And they said, I quote, I'm glad we lost. It exposed some weaknesses. <laughs> who the hell is glad that they lost? You're like, like, the, like I, I, I've heard this word cuck. That sounds cuckish to me. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. No. I guess his rationale is because this was – I think this is the same guy that thinks that, that, that told me that Georgia is in the same uh, league with Alabama. So I guess he thought that exposed the weaknesses so that they can fix those so that they can beat Alabama. I don't know. That's a good subject for sports ball though. But – Which is probably more interesting than the LP and its electoral but, prowess. But – Georgia is in the same league as Alabama because they're both in the SEC or in the NCAA. And the LP is actually a party. So they are technically correct that they're in the same league. And as we all know, technically correct is the best kind of correct. (laughs) 
Technically, yeah, technically. technically. So, so, so I got all, I got all of our, Mike. I helped you out. We got all of our negativity out of the way before you came on, so you won't be associated with all of our bad news. Because um, well, you're such. A, I don't know. I've, I've gotten grumpier as the day's gone on, so I might, <laughs> oh, I might add, I might add to the negativity. Well, one thing that that you and I haven't discussed yet that I, that I really wanted to bring up. Did you did you see the thing about uh, the Hoff guy, the uh, the the dead. Um, uh, brothel owner out in Nevada who won in a landslide yesterday. Did you? You know, s- I saw I saw a post about it, but I didn't read it. So I, I know the name, and I I saw brothel owner, but I didn't realize he won an election. That's awesome. Yeah. So he he'll so, be one he'll be one of the best serving politicians in the United States. Well, it's it's one of those it's it's kind of a weird like double edged sword thing. So on the one hand, he owned a brothel, and he was he was very uh, pro sex worker rights, which I'm I'm cool with that. And sure. uh, he had appeared with with John Stossel once before, and so okay. he, he so he had had some publicity behind. Him, but uh, he actually passed away after his 72nd birthday. But he was still on the ballot, and he won in a landslide. Now, granted, he was running as a Republican and in a pretty red district, uh, so it's not like it's a huge shocker he won. But it just goes to show two things: uh, one, this just means that the Republicans will now get to just basically nominate the successor, which I'm not, I don't, I don't know if I really jive with that. Like their successor didn't actually win, but they're going to get a free seat because they're replacing right. that guy. Right. That seems a bit shady to me. We can talk about that if you want. The other thing Politics I want to mention is shady. Yeah, no. I know. No. Right. Well, the other thing I want to mention is that dead guys are destroying the LP in the vote. <laughs> Just crushing wow. them. But to be fair, he crushed the Democrat too. So I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Maybe they just walk right. in and push the red button. Isn't there, yeah. isn't there like a button? He just has a color, and you just push it. I didn't see. So, that. so, so, my. I don't help- know. You know, in Kentucky, we do have we do have straight party voting. Like you can actually yes. fill in a dot for just to vote just straight vote. Republican yeah. or straight yeah. Democrat. See, they don't have that here. I didn't see that yeah. in mine. So, yeah, and a lot of states have gotten away from it because they want. You know, they want people to go through the ballot and, and make a thoughtful choice. Yeah. Speaking of which, i got to share this story. from And so so I did vote yesterday. So depending on your point of view, you can either shame me for being a statist or <laughs> you can shame me because I only voted in actually three races and left about four pages blank. But, you know, so you send me emails to me at michaelmeharry.com and you can shame me either way. But it was a pretty long line in our polling place because in the infinite wisdom of the county clerk who runs the elections, they decided that they only needed two machines in this precinct. Meanwhile, the precinct with no line where that shares the same room, they had three voting machines. So, you know, there's your wisdom of government for you. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I'm waiting in line and there's this lady behind me. And, and the first amusing thing is, is she's. She gets there and realizes that she left her ID at home, which I guess in some states that's not a problem, but here in Kentucky you have to have a, some type of ID in order to vote. Sounds pretty racist, so, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> well, she was white, so. <laughs> well, anyway, it's whatever. Still racist. So she had to send her son home to get her driver's license so that she could vote. But in the meantime, oh, she also forgot her glasses, and he didn't bring those back, so I'm not really sure how she read the ballot. But then, as it turns out, it didn't matter because. Mm-hmm. They're having this discussion behind me, and this I, I'm not making this up, and I'm not exaggerating this in the least. <clears throat> we had a constitutional amendment on the ballot as one of those victims' rights things, which is basically stupid, but sounds good, so it won. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that, that was why she was there to vote. She, she cared about this victims' rights amendment. But 
her son told her that since you're here, you've got to vote for every race on the ballot, even though you don't know who any of the people are. Wow. And she said, okay. <laughs> so, so these are the people that are choosing the people that rule over you. Rule over you. So that's, that's my election antidote for, yeah. for yeah. At least be informed if you're going to do it, you know. Well, I, I know, I know. We had we had discussed once before that if 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 you ever need a um, uh, oh what what do they call it? If you ever need a little shot in the arm on on being uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for for being vaccinated against the okay. concept that there's an electorate who can make wise decisions. Like anybody, any one of us can go down to Walmart like on a Tuesday afternoon and and understand that now you're not special. Your vote is not counted any more times than any of these other people's. Right. And, and all of a sudden you realize how little power anyone has mm-hmm. on anything. But, however, I'm glad you're here, though, Mike, because there were nationwide some, some really good ballot initiatives and nullification news. Yeah, There were. Actually, it was a really good uh, evening for nullification movement. We had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six ballot initiatives, I think it was six, I'm going to run through them here in a second, that that passed that in some way will impact the federal government negatively. And so by negatively, I mean positively from our yeah. perspective. Sure. Um, three states uh, piled on and uh, added to all of the states that are currently nullifying, in effect, federal prohibition on marijuana. Of course, the federal government still claims that marijuana is illegal. Uh now we have, I believe it's 33 states, if I'm correct, mm-hmm. that have legalized medical marijuana, the latest two being Missouri and Utah. And the Utah vote's particularly interesting to me because this is probably the most socially conservative state in the United States. Uh, huge influence of the Mormon church. Mormon church poured a lot of money into trying to stop the uh, ballot initiative to legalize medical marijuana. Didn't work, passed by a pretty healthy margin. So we're going to have medical marijuana in Missouri. We're going to have medical marijuana in Utah. And the state of Michigan, they legalized all the weed. So I, I think, uh, I think as Alan put it when we were talking earlier, that we had two states that did cowardly weed legalization and one <laughs> yes. state that did brave weed legalization. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> well, there were that many varieties. <laughs> I, you know, I, I know that there's people out there that are hopeful that, that one begets the other, right? Yeah. Like if, if, you, if you can pass the miracle, medical marijuana bill and then, you know, five years goes mm-hmm. by and the world hasn't literally come to an end and your capital just burns to the ground, then people are going to be more open – to the idea of, yeah. of just recreational legalization. I, I, I don't know how much truth there is to that. You would know more about that than me. Well, I think the, the history of the meta, 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 I can't even talk. <laughs> the marijuana movement, I think, bears this out. If you go back to 1996, which was when California passed uh, the first medical marijuana law, uh, I mean, there was widespread opposition. Three presidents... Uh, two two former and one sitting <clears throat> actually came to the state to uh, lobby against legalizing it. Mm-hmm. The FDA cracked down. It was pretty rough going, actually, for the people who were involved because there were constant raids, constant federal enforcement. Yeah. Uh, you know, then we had the Rach decision, which I believe was in 2012, uh, where the federal government said, I, I may be wrong about that, maybe 2006. 
Um, but anyway, any, at any rate, the, uh, the Supreme Court decision held that, yes, the federal government does have the authority to regulate one plant or six plants in a woman's backyard, which is absurd. And the whole thing has just continued to grow and, and balloon, despite all of the uh, BS rhetoric, despite all of the attempts at federal enforcement. Uh, the the movement has grown to the point today that, like I said, we have 33 states that have, have legalized medical marijuana. Uh, mm-hmm. We're up to eight, nine, ten, ten states, I believe, have, have completely legalized it now. Uh, Vermont did over this year. They were the first state to legalize via uh, a legislative initiative. So that genie is out of the bottle. It's yeah. never going to be put back in. And, and we're already seeing the movements at the federal level. Uh, you know, you've got uh, John Boehner, who's now heading up a, a, mar- a marijuana company, uh, you know, these people that were hardcore prohibitionists 15 years ago. Now, all of a sudden, they're all on board. Uh, and, and it's all because the states basically gave the big middle finger to the federal government and said, mm-hmm. look, we're going to do this anyway, because this prohibition is not only unconstitutional, it's retarded. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're not going to enforce it anymore in our state. And even in states, you know, we, we've seen some states that had really bad medical marijuana laws uh, when they first went on the books. And even those, they tend to expand over time. Uh, so, you know, a lot of people, and I'm sure some of the people listening to this show, probably aren't big fans of, of legalization because that involves taxes, regulations, licensing, all of those things that as good libertarians we hate. And, and that's true. Of course, the fact of the matter is they tax and regulate your tomatoes. So, you know, yeah. that's that's one issue. But the fact of the matter is, is that the regulations, as markets grow, they tend to loosen up. We're especially seeing that with him, uh, which is another uh, part of the Michigan bill. Uh, it, will also, it will also legalize industrial hemp in that state. So good news on that front. So those three states in the state of New Hampshire, they passed a constitutional amendment that uh, – increases privacy protections. It explicitly includes electronic data uh, in with papers and personal effects that the uh, federal government can't or that the state government can't start rummaging through without a warrant. And the, the impact on the federal government of these type of state laws that crack down on surveillance is pretty significant because yeah. the federal government depends <clears throat> on state and local governments uh, to a very large degree in order to create this federal surveillance state. So you get these state and local police, they collect data and information, they pass it up to the feds, the NSA collects data, they pass it down to the state and local government. So basically you have one giant uh, national police force, national surveillance state. By increasing protections at the state level, it means that there is a greater chance that we can limit the amount of information that's being sucked up by these government leeches. And uh, so that was a good move in the realm of privacy. Uh, and then we had a uh, ballot initiative in Oregon, the, the lefties will like this one, uh, that basically maintained a sanctuary state, uh, the status of a sanctuary state in Oregon. So basically in Oregon, state and local police do not cooperate with immigration enforcement. If somebody's there, they're illegal. Uh, if that's the only thing they've done, state and local police aren't going to have any uh, any hand in enforcing that immigration law. They leave it to the federal government. Uh, I know the right-wingers all hate this, but no matter what your position on immigration is, it is the right and power of a state to direct its own resources as it sees fit. People in Oregon apparently don't want to uh, crack down on immigrants, so they're not going to do it. 
Interestingly, in the same state, here's something for the right-wingers to be happy about. Eight counties uh, in eastern Oregon have said, you know what, we're not going to enforce federal gun laws. Uh, in fact, we're not going to enforce state gun laws either. So uh, basically, a uh, gun sanctuary counties in eight counties in Oregon. So it's interesting. I love the way you put it this morning, Alan. Uh, you know, we've got uh, sanctuary cities and Hunger Games going on all yeah. at the same, at the same time, time in, uh, in the same in place, Oregon. maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I I, if that's Portland. We were actually going to talk about Oregon right before. Uh, that was going to be our next segment right before you came on. So I'm glad you're here. That that that's probably the most interesting takeaway for me from yeah. the midterm elections is 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 the, the turnout in Oregon for no other reason that, of course, you're right as as you pointed out the uh, the the immigrant sanctuary state idea is is tradi- is typically or at least mainstream considered a left wing type of uh, philosophical position, whereas obviously protection of gun rights is a more traditional right-wing conservative uh, talking point. And those happened in the same state, so, so some segments of the same electorate made those two decisions. And of course, you, you know, us, us being the good anarchist libertarians that we are, we want to protect the individual, and we believe in individual mm-hmm. sovereignty and individual rights. However... I would much rather Oregon be deciding things for Oregonians than the federal government deciding yeah. things for Oregonians. So I say bravo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And here was the kind of takeaway that I got from this because of, here in the United States, we focus almost exclusively on electoral politics as it relates to politicians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about the personality. We're going to elect the red guy or we're going to elect the blue guy. And very few people pay a whole lot of attention to issue-oriented politics. And yet it's in these issue-oriented politics that we're actually seeing victories for liberty. And I think there's a reason for this. I'm I'm working on an article right now for this, uh, for the Tenth Amendment Center that we'll publish here in the next couple of days. But it's interesting because I don't think the idea of liberty as a broad thing really sells. I don't think mm-hmm. most – if you say, do you care about liberty, people will go, yeah, but it's not something that they're going to go out and vote on. It's not something yeah. that they're going to get passionate about. It's too broad. What does it even mean? But if you go to somebody and you say, do you want to protect your right to, to own a firearm? Oh, well, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So we can use issues – to coalesce groups of people together that might not otherwise cooperate, right. uh, mm-hmm. especially on some of these issues like privacy, where you can actually get right-wingers and left-wingers to hold hands for about 30 seconds mm-hmm. and agree, you know, we don't want the government spying on us. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think the same thing with marijuana. A marijuana is much less a left-right issue than it used to be. I think most sane human beings realize that it's really stupid to lock somebody in a cage for having a plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you get the party politics involved and, and you know there's still that law and order segment of the Republican Party and so when you get those candidates in there they're beholden to the law and order people uh, but when you start talking issues it becomes a completely different dynamic and yeah. I think that's why we've seen uh, marijuana get legalized in in 33 states I think it's why uh, you can have broad-based support for privacy amendments food sovereignty raw milk is another issue that that you can get broad support on uh, all of these kinds of things where 
there's more broad agreement on a single issue. You can get people to coalesce and and take action on that much more easy than you can get them to vote for this personality who you're trying to get convinced that he's going to be good on this huge range of issues, and he's probably going to suck on all of them anyway. So mm-hmm. um, I really like the issue oriented. If you're going to be involved in politics, and I know a lot of people out there don't want to have anything to do with it, and that's cool. you, you got to be you. But if you're going to be involved in the political uh, side of things – at the Tenth Amendment Center, we have proven that you can have a practical impact by focusing on issues, by focusing on states instead of federal, by mm-hmm. focusing on even local instead of states sometimes. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a there's a, a I don't know if it's a winning formula, but it's certainly more successful than getting one percent uh, yeah. for a Senate race somewhere. Right. You know, believe it or not, we actually had um, comments come in on some of our videos by uh-huh. from a guy who had said, uh, Mike Meharry is a great guest. You should have him back on soon. <laughs> that this, True story. This, this actually happened. So so, so we, we joke on Sports Ball that we have a fan. So the, so the fan of the gold standard said, hey, I like the episodes with Mike Meharry. So I'm so glad, Mike, that you're here with us yeah. today. I want, I want to share something, a story with you that I haven't, I haven't told you yet. So this is, this is live on air. We're doing it live. Yeah. Ooh. Um, a, a good friend of mine that I actually graduated with, who I haven't seen in a long time, yeah. um, I actually had a chance to hang out with him last night, and uh, his name is Josh. I won't yeah. say his last good name because he probably would be yeah. mortified. <laughs> um, so, so Josh comes from a a, a heavily left wing mm-hmm. environment. Um, he's, he's, he's been in the academic world for a while. Uh, his family is heavily left and, and, and he's certainly far, far farther left than, than you or I would, 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 would claim to be. Um, but he, he said something really profound last night when we were talking, cause we're going back and forth about various issues and past elections and, and who, who we thought was going to save us and who turned out to be a big nothing, whether they didn't win or didn't hold up their uh, promises or whatever the case may be. And, 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 and he said, the, the place where I think I agree with you the most, even though I disagree on a ton of individual issues, the place where I agree with you the most is if we, if we know the state is evil. Like if you if you believe that, if you believe the state is evil, if you believe that the state is capable of doing things like dropping atom bombs on civilians and carpet bombing Vietnam mm-hmm. and drone striking innocent people in the hopes that you got a bad guy. Yeah. Like if those people if you believe in in weapons of mass destruction lies and that sort of thing, if you know that that's what they're capable of, then you have to believe they can't possibly be the answer to any of my problems. Right. They, they just, they just can't. I mean, and, and, and we can agree that we have problems, and we can certainly disagree on how to address those problems. But, if we, but, if, but even if you were a hardcore socialist, if we agreed on one thing only, and that one thing was, yeah, but the state's not the answer to our problems, then I think we've got somewhere to go. We've, yeah. we've got room to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I use this analogy a lot with people, and, and I think it's something that – I think particularly lefties get this. Why would you want a monopoly when it comes to government? You know, nobody wants a monopoly for groceries. Nobody wants Walmart to be the only place you can go buy groceries. Everybody intuitively understands the problems inherent in a system where, uh, you know, Walmart could impose a monopoly Mm -hmm. without, you know, by force, basically. And that's what the government, the government is a monopoly corporation that claims a monopoly on the the right to use violence 
And I think if, if nothing else, we should try to break that monopoly up into pieces. And it's just like you said in Oregon. I would much rather have people in Oregon deciding what's going to happen in Oregon instead of people in Oregon deciding what some guy in Washington, D.C. is going to determine is going to happen here in Kentucky. Right. Mm-hmm. The system that we have is absurd, even if you're a statist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so break that crap up. And that's really, you know, that's the work of the Tenth Amendment Center. That's really, you know, foundationally what we're trying to do. We're trying to decentralize the system. We're trying to break up the monopoly. You can call us, the, you know, the government antitrust operation of some sort. <laughs> uh, because... This monopoly government thing is is horrible, and and I think we can all agree that it's really not helped anybody. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody nobody go gets up in the morning and goes, "Man, I sure am excited about what Washington D.C.'s done." You know, I mean, even if you talk to people like like Obamacare, oh yeah, great, we got Obamacare, but then they talk about how bad it sucks and we need to get it fixed. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Nobody is happy with what's going on in Washington D.C. So maybe we could focus on something else, like. Well, something else. <laughs> well, there's if if I was going to make two statements, one to our libertarian friends and one to our uh, to our Republican and Democratic friends. To our libertarian friends, I would say, <laughs> but I, but <laughs> you, I would you, you would say that, <laughs> yeah, wouldn't you? But I would. But but yeah. what I would also say while they're neatly trimming their neck beards, what I would say is is that I know that there's some libertarians out there right now that would be saying to themselves, but but the but. But the state government can oppress you just as easily as the federal government can. Right. And I would say, yeah, you're totally right. But you know, as economists always ask, you always ask compared to what? Is anything bad or good? Well, compared to what? Is No matter how bad and, – and I'm sure you would agree with this – no matter how bad Kentucky may or may not be, and no matter how bad Lexington may or may or not be, it is Shangri-La compared to the federal government. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Kentucky sure as hell can't drop a nuclear bomb on anybody. Right? No, they cannot. <laughs> I don't think they can drone strike your house. At least not yet. <laughs> well, no. No. <laughs> but, but and well, if they get working. to the point that they can, I'm going to move to Tennessee. Yeah. Well, no, no because be we'll, we'll have done that first. No, you're going to have to go another one over. Uh, but, but what I would say to my Republican and Democrat friends today, especially the ones who may, maybe their guy in their particular district or state didn't win, maybe they thought it was going to be better or worse today than, than it turned out to be. What, what I would say to them mostly, and my friend Josh actually also said this as well, which again just shows that there is room for us to build bridges, and that is – Republicans, of course, they're typically synonymous with conservatism, right? I feel bad for them. I really do because there's a lot of people out there who are conservatives, or at least they think they're conservatives, but that's another conversation. There's a lot of conservatives out there that are voting straight Republican because they think that that's what represents conservatism. And I feel bad for them because that's just not so. Yeah. There's there's no there's no like there's no Republicans practically no there's always exceptions but there's practic the the GOP at large does not represent conservatism in the way that a lot of conservatives believe that represents that what what that means and and vice versa there's a lot of our friends on the list there's a lot of progressives there's a lot of people who believe in social justice and mm-hmm. and, and, and inequality and that sort of thing that think that if they can just vote straight D down the list that then that equality will come. And it just won't. Because those people, and I hate to tell you this, and I would even say this of some libertarians running as well. If there's one thing that I know for absolutely certain, it's that those people are not running to overturn Roe v. Wade. 
Those people are not running to distribute the wealth evenly amongst everyone, including themselves, might I add. What they're running to do is to get elected. Be stars. Politicians run to get elected. Mm -hmm. So you need to find other ways to improve your life. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you really get down to it, what's the difference philosophically and, and even from a policy perspective between Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Mitch McConnell. It's about mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. There's about there's about two inches of difference. And and we're fighting bloody murder over this two inches. And I'm way over here <laughs> screaming, hey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so but I will say this, my, my last little piece of analysis, just looking at the at the federal elections, mm-hmm. I don't think they could have turned out any better from my perspective. We've got a slightly Democrat controlled House. We've mm-hmm. got a slightly Republican-controlled Senate. We've got God knows what as president. I smell gridlock. And I yes. love the smell it's of gridlock on a gridlock Wednesday morning hardcore. because that means they're not going to be able to do crap for the next two years. Yes. So, so yay. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what they will be able to do. They'll be able to uh, feign, feign outrage create a bunch of theater, have another presidential election in a couple of years, which, I mean, doesn't that start today? Yeah. Like, doesn't well, the yeah. presidential election start be, today? And there'll be a whole lot of screams! Yeah. The, there'll, be, there'll be a lot of that. And then, and then whichever side loses will tell us, well, that's it, folks. The world's come to an end. And whichever side that wins will tell us, well, that's it, folks. We have now created heaven on earth. Utopia. And, and, they're, and they're so very wrong. Yep. Yeah, and, and another thing that they will be able to agree on if it comes down to it, if, if there's any need to bomb anybody, they will be able to manage to reach across that three oh, inches yeah. and agree to bomb whoever needs to that's be bombed. Right. So of course. That's, of course. That's, just, that's the kind of sad part. Yep. But, but by and large, I love gridlock. I love the, the political theater of, oh, they can't get anything done. Because when they ain't getting nothing done, that's just better for us. Mm-hmm. Mike, do you have any last words? Not not just for your life, but for this particular episode. <laughs> Jeez. A hot dog is a sandwich. Amen. He won. You're making me feel bad because my last word was going to be to make fun of something that happened uh, yesterday. (laughs) But now, now I you're making me feel bad on my own show. You're going to come. You're going to come at me with UK Duke, aren't you? (laughs) No. What? No. What I was going to say was is is hey Mike. You know what they always say about Kentucky and Tennessee, don't you? Yeah, Kentucky's always on top. No, one of them plays basketball in Knoxville, and the other one loses their season openers by 34 points. Oh! Oh! Good thing I'm not a U.K. basketball fan, because I would have stung. Yeah, well, you do You do have your USF Bulls sweatshirt on. I do. I, yeah, I don't know. I did, I did not dress up for this appearance, since I kind of, last a, second. Yeah. Is, is, is USF a basketball school? They have a basketball team. Well, they're, they're, they're a basketball, basketball school. Hey, Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the Gold Standard yet again, which is which is apparently our crowd singular favorite, uh, Mike Meharry. Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, Mike, where can people follow Mike Meharry? Oh, uh, you can follow me on my website, michaelmeharry.com, mm-hmm. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M-A-H-A-R-R-E-Y.com. Uh, you can follow me on the Facebook um, I don't know the what the handle is. Uh, you can follow me on the Twitter, which is M Meharry Tenth, with the number T one zero T H. You can follow me on Sportsball at sportsball.com, sportsballpodcast.com. Yeah, uh, there you'll find my article 
about yep. sports. It's a good one. I liked it. <laughs> it is. It's an outstanding one. And if you're interested in uh, Christianity and its intersection with libertarianism, you can follow me over at godarchy.org, uh, where I've uh, launched a new podcast, the Godarchy Podcast, and I talk mm-hmm. about theology and philosophy and why the state is illegitimate and shouldn't exist. Mm. That's awesome. Heavy stuff. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And and those some of those are some really fantastic products of Little L Productions. Yep. Just yes, like are. just like this show right here, <laughs> which you can find us at goldstandardpodcast.com right. com. as well as facebook.com slash TGS Alan Mosley. Mm-hmm. And on Twitter, which is at Alan M. Mosley. So for Mike Meharry and Blake Osborne, which so so at at uh, 39 minutes into the episode, when we do our conclusion, guys, this is Blake. Blake is <laughs> this, is, this is this is our producer, Blake. Uh, I'm really bad at that. Look, how, what are you I'm at? really bad at look, that. Look, I can do. I can make. I can make it worse. Oh well, no, there's Mike. Now okay. you're really bad. Oh wow. At that. Oh good lord, Mike. You That's can't see what's going on in the studio right now. <laughs> but I don't. I don't want to. <laughs> no, it's a shame. Actually, you, you know what? Look, right. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. Look at this. I can actually turn. You can the camera. show it to him. Now, now look, it's look just what he, scary. This is what people are going to see at yeah, home. This, this is fun. This I, is I, I just like doing this. I don't know. It's blinky. Look so basically, this is what you would see if you were the predator. Epilepsy. Yes, yeah. pretty much. So there <laughs> you go. Getting, we're they getting Clay it. Davis <laughs> epilepsy. That's right. <laughs> Sorry, Clay. <laughs> yeah. Mike, thank you so much. Blake, thank you so much. Yes, we will see you next week.